Catch the fire. Fire. Catch the fire. Good afternoon. Welcome to Catch the Fire. I'm Lisa Flood along with Susie McKenzie, and it is great to be with all of you today. How are you, Susie? It always is. I'm just fine and dandy, Lisa. Susie, I love when we start the show hearing about how the fire of God's love has worked in each of our lives. What happened for you over the past week? Well, you know, Lisa, I had a work trip and it was something that I earned and it was a cruise actually, but I really do treat vacations like pilgrimages. I'm always looking for where the closest Catholic church is, how we can work that into our schedule to go to daily mass during the week, even on a cruise, you know, so we docked in Nassau, Bahamas, and I found the cathedral. And I love um, that. It was awesome, but, you know, it poured raining that day, and we ended up literally running in the rain. I mean, thunder, lightning, rain soaked from head to toe, about a mile there, and of course, a mile back to the boat. We get into church, and thank goodness the air conditioning didn't work well there because I was freezing. <laughs> we were soaked, but it was okay. It didn't matter. We were able to get to Mass in the middle of the week, and um, what happens is people always ask. It's amazing how that is an evangelization tool and an opportunity to spread the fire because people ask, well, what did you do? Well, what did you do when you got into the Bahamas. And I'm like, well, did you sightsee? Did you do an excursion? I'm like, well, you know what? We've traveled a lot and we've kind of, we've done the bungee jumping. We've done the zip lining. We've done the glass bottom boat. We've done the snorkeling. (laughs) So I found, yeah. And then I always end up saying, you know, I'm Catholic. So I found a mass. We went to a mass and ran in the rain to church and people just, it's funny because people who are Catholic understand it. People who aren't Catholic go, oh, that's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't understand, and but it's okay. And it's okay, but it's amazing how it spreads the fire of love of God because here I am, you know, here we are. I'm not meaning to like wave a flag and draw attention to it. It's just, that's what we did. You I know? love it. Just what by are, living it. Just by living it and saying it, you know, and it, inevitably the sentence starts with, well, you know, I'm Catholic. <laughs> so what about you, Lisa? Susie, I have had a, just a little time of reflecting and gratitude for um, you and I have this kind of friendship and we're so blessed that God knit our hearts together, right? And and I remember when we first met and how God has moved in our friendship. And so I have another friendship that literally, um, not long after my mom died, I was at adoration and this particular woman, I knew who she was, I knew her name, we knew each other's names, but the Lord spoke to me at adoration and he told me she will be very important in your life. And I didn't know what he was talking about. Fast forward a few years, and this woman is so dear to my family that she's become like a spiritual grandmother to my kids. And, um, you know, two are in college now, but last year, the one who was a senior, and then this year, the freshman, in between um, school and before their lacrosse practice begins, they go to her house. She feeds them. They take naps. She prays with them. She laughs with them, and she loves them, all because... The Lord kind of put our hearts together. I didn't do anything to make this happen, but he did it. It's a gift when he puts hearts together, isn't it? Well, it is. And like she said, she's going to be important to your life. And you're thinking, how is that going to happen? Like what? She makes the best cookies for my sons. (laughs) And they take naps at her house. I mean, and it's those practical things, those logistical things that happen day to day that really are the biggest blessings. I, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. A Susie, it's it is great to be Catholic and alive in the faith, isn't it? Oh, it is. 
is. It is. <coughs> okay. <laughs> You've been wanting to talk about media. Okay. We we both are so excited to be a part of Catholic Radio. And yeah. it's really been on your heart to talk about how God is using media these days, right? Well, it is, Lisa. It said, okay, we've gone from papyrus scrolls to monks writing calligraphy by candlelight to the printing press to computers and now to blogs, digital platforms, downloading, self-publishing, and like so and on, much. On more. and on and on. On and on and on. And it's like, it's moving so fast. But what I see it as is this amazing opportunity for we as Catholics to use all of this as evangelization. And I mean, really and truly, it's it's not meant to be like an advertisement for radio or anything, but it's just the idea that we have so many ways to spread the fire now. Um, I've got favorite Catholic blogs that I love. Blessed is she. Pray more novenas. A novena uh, me too. Site. I love that one. Pray Catholic novenas. All of these different tools. Of course, there's um, the others. What is it called? Formed, which is an actual site yes. um, that's available. What... What do you see? Like when you go online and as a Catholic and you're searching for evangelization tools, what speaks to you? You know, I think when people um, give the real life experience, that speaks to me. And I, I'm always encouraged when other people share their stories. And um, I think for me, I had an experience this past week where I was laughing, watching my husband um, running from one room to the next. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, a friend of mine just put something on Facebook that is absolutely wrong, saying something that the Catholic Church teaches and it's wrong. He said, but before I respond to my friend on Facebook, I need to go look it up and make sure I'm doing this the right way. And Susie, who knew Facebook could be an evangelization tool? But I loved that my husband saw something, said, I don't think this is right. I know it's not right, but before I say something and I'm going to do it in love, I'm going to make sure I'm coming straight from the catechism. So who knew you could, we can use anything that comes before our eyes, Facebook, the media, apps, to spread God's love and to spread the truth of God's love. Spread the truth because it's a conversation and who would have thought that that would have given us that opportunity to have these conversations like that. And then of course, you know, to go and check things like you can even go. I use the USCCB. That's the Catholic Conference of Bishops in the United States. Their website quite often, um, all these things that are there and to kind of, well, as helps, as helps to evangelize, to have those conversations, to discuss the truth. And, you know, some of those conversations can get kind of heated and, and, and then they're not real pretty. They're a little messy sometimes. <laughs> they, they can be. It's got to it's be done with a lot of prayer and love. But, you know, the other thing that strikes me, Susie, about all of the tools and resources we've got is I have found myself, um, I know you have your master's in theology, I don't. So I have, sometimes I'll start to talk to somebody and you know what? It's okay for me not to know the answers because I know where to direct them and I know where to go myself to get the answer. So it's, I I feel a little bit, um, I don't know, I'm bold. If, if I don't know the answer, it's okay. I know where to go to get it. That's exactly right. And you can share that with them. And boy, that just takes a big load off your shoulders because we don't have to have all the answers. But we no. know the answers are out there. And we know that they're just so easy to get nowadays. They are. We just have to have the fire, don't we? <laughs> yeah, and the desire to do it, don't we? You know, it's also made me think of, um, of our priests today because um, recently we had dinner with... Um, Two priests, and at the end of the night, one of them said, um, you know, I've been thinking I want to start doing a podcast. And I just I just started laughing, and I said, 
what, Father, they didn't teach you this in the seminary? And he said, no. But you know what? Jesus would be doing a podcast, so I think I'm supposed to. So our priests are growing in these tools and these gifts and and all all the resources that we've gotten. They need to be well-versed in it, too. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there. Stay with us here on Catch the Fire. When is the last time you were interrupted by God? Hi, this is Erin Franco with the Catholic Mom Minute. Any parent of young children knows what it's like to be interrupted, from crying newborns, hungry tummies, and big messes, to a new pregnancy. But God tells us that everything we do for the least of His children, we do for Him. Learning patience as a parent can be so helpful to our relationship with God. As adult Christians, we have to learn how to be interrupted by God in big ways. We try our best to discern His will and make responsible plans, but at the same time, we have to be flexible enough to trust Him when He permits unexpected change. God is always working things together for the good of those who love Him. Even messy things, even hard things. We have to remember that our God often writes straight with crooked lines. I'm Erin Franco at CatholicMomMinute.com. Welcome back to Catch the Fire. I'm Susie McKenzie here with Lisa Flood, and we have the amazing Corey Marie Erskine, musician and physical trainer, but I think we're going to talk about her music today on the line with us. Corey, thanks so much for being with us here on Catch the Fire. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Corey, your music name is Corey Marie, right? Yes, but Corey is fine. Okay, Corey's fine. Great. Well, Corey, I listen to your music. Awesome voice. Beautiful music. Love Humble Host. Love Joyriding. Like my two favorites (laughs) so far. And um, my question to you is this. We talked a little bit about this on the phone, but let's share it with our listeners. Where did it all begin? When did this start? The spark in my heart really started when I was younger. I was about 12. I can remember where I was, where I was sitting. I was experiencing a youth conference in Baltimore where I live. And just in like the quiet of my heart, as we were singing and praising, I heard, this is what you're going to do. And I just like felt peace in that. So really when I was about 12 um, is where it started. And I fostered that with Um, People at my school, we had this thing called chapel on Thursdays, and they just allowed the kids to participate and learn how to lead worship. So initially when I was young is where it started. Corey, I love the fact that you said you had a spark in your heart. Did you love to sing from the time when you were a little bitty? Yes, I sang a lot. And much to my sibling's chagrin, <laughs> they, would often, they would often say to me, like, Corey, who sings that song? And then they'd be like, let's keep it that way. So I was definitely singing, maybe at inappropriate times, but all the time. Oh, wow. That is crazy. So you were 12 years old, and what was the setting? While I'm Catholic, and I grew up Catholic, I went to a interdenominational school. So it was run by many Catholics, but we were also an ecumenical community. Um, so the setting was more of an ecumenical event, um, like a, a conference, almost like Stephenville, but it wasn't specifically Catholic. Corey, was it hard for you to go from, okay, thinking this is a talent that I have that I would like to use for God to actually doing it? Because I think sometimes people think, okay, well, you know, I like to do this or I like to do that or I like art, but how do I actually use that to serve God? Was that a hard process for you to go through or easy? 
It was actually really hard. Um, so while I say that I knew when I was 12, it, I would say it took probably 10 years for me to commit to that. And the process, like I grew up in a very athletic family, so I spent a lot of time on the soccer field and that kind of carried into college for me. And um, so I was, I would say it was difficult because I was battling this idea and this perspective of who I thought I should be based on um, other people's encouragement and accolades for my athletic ability, actually. So then when I was, I would say probably around 22, I'm 27 now, so I think it was around 22, I, I just kept feeling like there's something that I'm, I'm missing that I'm not doing. So um, I actually sought out a spiritual director at that time, and um, there were many things going on where I was maybe dabbling in music or dabbling. People would ask me, can you lead worship here? Um, like a young adult group and things like that. And I would say yes, um, but I was always kind of keeping the Lord at a distance, being like, I don't know. I don't know if I should do this. And then I remember specifically the phrase fully alive. Um, I remember the more I got into music, the more I felt fully alive. Like I was being who God created me to be. And um, so I took that to discernment with my spiritual director. And he talked to me a lot about like, seeing the fruit of what God's doing in my life. Um, so it was difficult, but I remember making that decision after I was probably a year or so um, and saying, I'm going to leave at the time I was a personal trainer. I was going to leave that for the time being and just go all in and see what God wanted to do with it. So I did that probably around 22 or 23. Lisa, I love the question you asked her. And I love what she said, because I think there are so many people in every stage of life that grapples with what God is calling them to do. Yes, very much so. I mean, this this is what we're about on Catch the Fire, is how do people catch the fire? How do they hear God? What do they do? Where do they take it? And Corey just gave almost that step-by-step process for her. I think that it I think and I hope and I pray that there are people listening who hear that because it's real. It's an everyday human experience if you are seeking God's will in your life. And now I say the word human and I gave myself my own segue because, (laughs) Corey, on the phone, you and I talked about the difference between praise and worship music. But you said you do other music that you like to call human, human (laughs) music, which I told you. I love that, and I think it's really all praise and worship because it's about the human experience. So tell us a little bit about that, about how you bridge that gap between those categories, if you will, of music genres. Sure. Um, it's it's funny you say, like, how do I bridge it? I, I almost didn't. I almost wanted to say, like, I do praise and worship over here, and then I sing human music over here. But I, as I was making my album, I really felt like, I wasn't going to be true to who God made me to be if I didn't just say this is who I am. Like this is, these are the types of music he's put on my heart. The things that I write are coming from my own experience of um, having a face, but also experiencing life that's not particularly, you know, involved in the faith. And that's weird to say because it's actually all involved in the faith. But what I'm trying to say is like human music to me was like, this is my human experience. Um, and I just want to sing about it. And I know it's going to touch people who are outside of the faith anyway. So when I made the album, I made that decision to kind of not like put myself in a niche and just say, I just want to be who God created me to be in the fullest sense. So I started 
just by, you know, all my favorite songs, kind of bringing them to the producer and saying, I want to do all of these. And some of them were worship music. Some of them were from times of prayer and others were from heartbreak and, um, also things like my wedding coming up. So all of those different writings, I just thought if I can put it in one project together, then I can say, you know, all of this is important and all of this is who I am. Again, that goes back to everything we're always talking about, isn't it, Susie, about fully integrating God isn't in compartments in our lives. He's in all aspects of our lives. And, um, And I love that you're you're doing it all in one project. What is the name of your album? The name was The Hearth. So I did it, um, I want to say 2017 or 18. I, I'm really bad at timelines, but it's called The Hearth. <laughs> okay. Do you have a favorite song from that album? Or, or uh, you might be saying, okay, how can you pick out who is your favorite child? You can't. You love them all. <laughs> but is there one song that really, oh, you really lived it? the first song on the album Be Here um, was something that I just remember like God using it for me in that time of just I, I didn't know how to be present <laughs> I was struggling with and I still all the time struggle with being present to where I am so I think it's funny because I still have to sing that song and God can use it again um, but Be Here was a, a song that was really just kind of about like finding uh, my peace where I am and not trying to look back and not trying to look forward. So it became one of my favorites. It actually sounds much different than when I wrote it, which is the neat thing about allowing other people to collaborate with you. But um, it's one of my all-time favorites now. Do you have a lot of prayer preparation before you sing, or is it a in-the-moment sort of inspiration? So I would say um, a lot of it is in the in the moment. Sometimes I I just ask God, like, send your Holy Spirit now. I need you and, um, and allow him to work through the music then. But it definitely is important, um, especially in order to be a worship leader that I spend time on my own in prayer. And I think that's where, um, more richness can come from that time alone with him, that time to get to know him and allow him to know me. Um, but I still, I'm a very spontaneous person. So, and he knows that about me. So oftentimes I just kind of say like, okay, Lord, right now, just, Speak to me now, and and I will try my best to listen and respond. Will you talk for a minute, Corey, about what it means to really lead praise and worship? Because that's more than getting up there and and singing and encouraging other people to sing. There's a lot more that goes into really helping to to usher God into the room, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's so much to it, and and yet there's also just being. Um, open. So there, I can overthink it sometimes and say like, I need to do this, this and that, um, in order for it to be a good time of prayer. But ultimately I think the most important thing is just being open to, um, being used. And so as a musician, there's a tendency to want to say like, well, this was the plan. This is what I prepared for. But as you go to lead some 
somebody in prayer or lead a group in prayer, um, you want to be prepared as best you can. But part of that preparation is just saying like, Holy Spirit, lead us because we can't really know for certain what God wants to do in that moment um, unless we're there. So for me, it's, you know, just preparing is just, you know, how, but I'm also very open um, and trying to just sense the room and sense what God's doing in that moment and maybe what he wants to speak to people in that moment. It's always different. Just being open. <laughs> well, you know, you say it as if that's so simple, but for <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Just be open. <laughs> and well, that that's like so hard because it's a vulnerability um, that, yeah. God, really, you're really putting yourself out there. So when you mm-hmm. say just be open and you make it sound so easy, that's what they say <laughs> the professionals do, right? They make it all look easy. <laughs> it's definitely not as easy as I make it sound. I think that sometimes there's a little like burning in your heart that I, I started paying attention to. Um, it happened a lot when I was younger, but you know, when I think sometimes when God's like, here, do this, there's a little burning in your heart. That's like this, I don't know, probably biological response. It's like, Oh gosh, this is like you said, too vulnerable. Like I'm putting myself out there. What if, you know, what if what I'm saying means nothing to anybody? Um, but there absolutely is a, I think I just have come to know like when that burning happens, despite how uncomfortable it is for me, I need to respond or else I'm going to just regret it later because I'll never know, like, or I will know personally that I wasn't responding to the Holy Spirit in that moment. But you're right. It's not as easy as I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, can you share some feedback from some of your conferences or retreats that people have told you about the music and the praise and worship, how God has touched them? Yes, certainly. Um, There was one moment a few years ago that really burns in my mind of this doesn't often happen, but at my parish, my pastor, he, he wants to like allow the breath of the Holy Spirit to move through liturgy every time. So while there's like a structure to the liturgy, he wants to us to be paying attention. And there was a moment after communion where um, he got up and spoke a word over the congregation. And it was during this time of worship. So, and we do that a lot now where, I'll just take a meditation song into a little bit, a few minutes of worship, and then um, he'll come up and speak something that he's hearing the Lord say. And I remember this man in the front of the church who had been just like shut down during mass, like he didn't seem like he was there. Um, But during that time of worship and during that word, I saw him just like fall on his knees and cry. And it it continued until the um, last song of mass and we led the closing song and he stood up and just started praising. And it was just like this amazing, I, I never spoke to him, but to see his reaction through praying with song, um, just how God can move specifically. But I don't always see that. So sometimes I'm just like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust that you're doing stuff. And um, without, without fail at the end of like a mass or the end of a conference, I just think he sends people just, to help me, like to encourage me, because I'll send people that will just say, thank you so much. Like I felt the Lord through that music. And that's all I, I can ask for because it's, it's all about him, but, um, without fail. And I think it's just his way of saying, keep doing what you're doing. There are people that I'm using this for, and it's probably not everybody, but definitely very neat when it is, you know, it is happening and people are open to coming and sharing that with me. 
Wow. Well, that's a beautiful story. I would love to be in a mass like that where the priest, I mean, really, I think that's pretty incredible that your priest is really so open to moving in the spirit in that way. It's liturgical, of course, because we have liturgy in in, in our Catholic mass, but then an openness to the movement of the Holy Spirit. Wow. That's a very different sort of experience. And then you're able to see it without necessarily speaking to someone. Right. That is beautiful. Well, Corey, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the phone with us. She's far away from us here in Louisiana, but we love it. So thank you. This is Corey Marie Erskine, E-R-S-K-I-N-E, and it's Corey, C-O-R-R-I-E, Corey Marie, and you can find her on Spotify. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me so much. Lisa, That was awesome because I believe we just heard just such a different story. Yes. And I will tell you, Susie, when she said the words, um, this is who I am, I thought, okay, that's, yes, this is who we are. We're supposed to like be who God created us to be and use those gifts for him. And I love that she's doing it. And she said fully alive, Lisa. I wrote that down too. I love that too. <laughs> the minute she said that, I thought about you. I thought, because I think we said that in the first segment, something about being fully alive. And then of course she talked about being present. And I think that's a big challenge for everybody because I know it is for me because my mind goes into the future and it always goes to the worst place first. It just does. And it's a real hard hard to be present like Mary at Jesus's feet. I'm Martha. Look, and then I'm laughing at the way the Holy Spirit, because he's such a one who creates surprise, right? How he'll move in her in her concerts and her retreats. And she has no idea sometimes where he's going with it. But He's got a plan. Well, he does. He does. And I just I just love it that we were able to connect with her. Lisa, you know, we always wrap up, catch the fire with a spark. Something that just makes life worth living. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I had a surprise spark because I was heading to do something at, you know, our church. Susie, our parish is right down the street from the lakefront in Mandeville. And I ended up, before I went to church, I had uh, two cars full of people following me for what we were going to do. And I ended up taking a little detour and it was sunset at the lakefront and we just stopped. And Susie, sunset at the lakefront is so gorgeous. I felt, and everybody with me, we all felt like we were on vacation. It was a big old thank you, God. Why don't why aren't we out here more often? Sunset at the lakefront. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because we never go. I know we know it's there. Exactly. I love Beautiful. that spark, Lisa. Okay, what sparked you? Okay, Lisa, I have like this week I had like a list of sparks, and I'm gonna say exactly not the one that I wrote down. Um Okay, this is a funny spark. Get ready. Bingo at the nursing home. Okay, so let me explain. I joined the Rotary Club to do some service projects. And so once a month, and last night was my night, um, I help call one hour of bingo at a certain nursing home. And I have to tell you what an experience. Each one who wins a bingo game gets a dollar. And they have all kinds of special games that they play so they can, you know, double their money. And um, it's really funny because I'm helping these ladies like find the B7 and the N32 or whatever. And it's just it's one hour of just being completely outside of myself. And I wasn't around a lot because I lived in California when my parents were experiencing some of their health issues. So I was able to offer this up for those times when I couldn't be around, that I could be there for someone else. So I just want to say it'll put a spark in your life to maybe do something, some volunteerism, something that's completely, look, it's not necessarily in my comfort zone, but 
boy, I tell you, when they hold on to those chips to put those in those squares, man, and you better stack those chips. You better not scatter them on the table. So that's my spark. Susie, I love it. The need is great. Yes, that is so great being with everybody today. Let's all go out there and catch the fire, live the fire, and spread the fire. Catch the Fire is a production of Catholic Community Radio.